0: to Doom Patrol Radio, WDPR 96.3, your favorite trans-dimensional radio station. Either these citizens of Cloverton are closing their eyes to a situation they do not wish to acknowledge, or they are not aware of the caliber of disaster indicated by the presence of a Doom Patrol in their community. Surely that spells trouble. Rubble with a capital T and that rhymes with...
1: And welcome back to WDPR. Sorry about that. Our DJ friend seems to be on the fritz lately. That's crazy. He's a whack job, I tell you what. And dare I say, putting on the ritz, apparently. Uh, today we're talking about episode four of season four, which is Casey Patrol, written by Tom Farrell and directed by Kristen Window. My name is Mark. And my name is Nathan. And Nathan, how'd you like today's episode? Casey Patrol. He's just, just jumping right I'm into it. I'm jumping right into it. Let's talk about it. I'm here. I'm um, having a great time. Are you having a great, great time?
0: I'm having an excellent time. Um, <laughs> let me tell you something. Tom really knows how to uh, hit me. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's uh, it was a fantastic episode. It's... um. It's a weird feeling when, like, I, I don't know why I, it's different. Like, you would go and I, I, you would go and you would see a Transformer movie, and you're like, dang, that's cool. Optimus Prime, I had that as a toy. I, you'd go and to see a Jurassic Park, be like, oh, awesome, that's cool. I had that as a toy. When I watch these, it's a completely different feeling from when it was like, oh, I read that. And I felt this way Mm -hmm. about the entire thing involving this series of, of comic book. Like, it wasn't just this single issue I felt this way, this single issue I felt. It was like, no. All of my feelings towards, like, this comic book series that I invested my time and money and all of these things into to keep up with on a weekly basis. And then it's, like, shown back at me in a different medium and it's like, yeah, it's one of those things where it's like, you read the book too. Oh my God, I did too. It feels so good when you can connect and have that feeling of representation and like your hobbies and your, and your, your interests shown on screen. And it's different than when, I mean, it's, it's different.
1: It's multi-layered too. I mean, mean, you're, 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 connecting on a comic book level but then you're also connecting to the way that the the Danizens are and and the way that the the lore that is established of Danny yes. the Street within Justice TV show. I mean, it's Tom Farrell it's it's morally corrupt. It's it's Danny the Street. All of this stuff is is season 4. We we we've come such a long way and so when I saw it was written by Tom, it's just like, "Oh, of course." Because Marley Corrupt is here. Danny the Street is here. The Danny Zins are here. It It's just like revisiting Friends, which is what it's like to always visit Danny the Street. You just go, oh, everyone's here.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: you just come back to it, and you're like, you're picking up where you left off. Um, it's an episode without the Doom Patrol in it, yet it still feels like I know these people, and I love being here again. So... Yeah. It has that kind of energy as soon as it starts off with, you know. And um it it's 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 fantastic. I was telling um my fiance, my partner, that I, I was talking about Dorothy Spinner. Like I was I was telling her about how I'm so excited for today's episode. And I you know, it's the whole day I'm just like explaining who Dorothy is. And sure, I've read Dorothy in Rachel Pollack's comic books and then you know, when when you see Dorothy in the TV show, you start building a whole new um, connection with this character, and 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 the history of of Dorothy in the TV show starts to build on top of the history of of the Dorothy that you met in Rachel's run of of when she kind of took a more primary role, and of course, then, uh, you know, Dorothy's history throughout Doom Patrol, and then after uh it it just it it builds over time and um when i was anticipating this episode it just kept building and building of like oh i'm it's it's another dorothy episode like it's so uh I'm, i'm so glad to see it again to see her again in in the show so i was i'm just like excited to see it and you know i'm telling her about it telling her about the sex patrol episode and and the great musical number there they even have a reference to it in, in, in this episode there's just so much good stuff to see I actually went and re Sex Patrol because I wanted to to live in that moment of the of the character progression for for Dorothy and it was so great to revisit Flex Mentalo, all the Danny's ends, the parties that they throw for Danny. It's such a great time. And then to go into this episode, it, it feels like you really are watching a sequel to yeah. that episode because it 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 really does connect to it and and shows like the next step in Dorothy's adventure. I mean, yes, there is the Dead Boy Detectives episode that also um she references a lot, but I was just super excited to see this character again. So for me, I'm as a fan just really excited to see this character again. Um, so yeah let's talk about today's episode it's uh the synopsis here is when the safety of danny and everyone housed within is compromised dorothy is forced to step up with some unexpected help and that unexpected help comes in the form of space case real name casey brink played by madeline zima nathan what do you think about madeline playing space case in this episode
0: it was excellent. It was really cool. I, uh, you know, I came on knowing Casey from just the book, especially when it was first started in Gerard Way's run. It was like, you know, new character, new adventure, kind of twist and turn, surprises along the way. Um, it was a cool and different style and version, but also the same. Um, and that's, it's just cool thinking that like <laughs> people care, other people care so much about this character to, like, keep writing her into other adventures and, like, to expand it more and to have a different version of Casey mm-hmm. from what, at least from what I know and what, you know, I guess the general readers know and everything. So it's not, you know, it wasn't as boring. It wasn't like, oh, you're just doing the same thing. Of course not, you're not doing the same thing. That's It'd be stupid for me to think that you were going to do the same thing. We should know better, you know? Um, yeah. so it was a really, it was a really cool, like, just an excellent breath of fresh air. Um, I'm, I, I love, <laughs> I love it when this series, uh, just has new characters to be honest with you. Um, yeah. it's not boring. It's not like a, uh, oh, this guy is like a, oh no, how do you, how are you going to do this one? Cause it's, it's weird. You know, it's not like it's their name, big, big name characters. Like, I don't know fucking Green Arrow showing up. Oh, shit. It's, I'm not going to... Fu- That's stupid. That's boring. That would immediately take me out because it's like, why? It, it, uh, okay. Green Arrow show. Up. Great. <laughs> so it's, this one's got Green Arrow in it. Okay, cool. Like, it's kind of like, and I don't mean to like harsh on it, but like Smallville, I kind of felt that way, but everybody was always so excited about whatever new character and whatever new hero it was and stuff like that. I was uh, like, yeah. Like, like, Wally West or, or... No, still, it was great. I would, I would love to... I loved seeing... A, a, wally west on something that wasn't just a cartoon and you know my lunchbox you know what i mean and it's like dang that's cool but
1: yeah you know well i think it's like dang
0: go i don't know
1: a lot of people may have felt that way when when we were first introduced to cyborg in season one being part of the cast and and that's and that's something we all you know a lot of people kind of scratch their chin they go cyborg and doom patrol that seems kind of not right or or boring or you know people may have qualms about it and ends up being like hey well hey let's 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 you know consider the following and cyborg ends ends up being such a mainstay in the cast that um you know you kind of have to remind yourself it it used to be beast boy was was the staple amongst the doom patrol and now cyborg is is part of part of that family in, in doom patrol's history even like outside of the show now you kind of consider him as like, oh yeah, remember Cyborg used to be part of Doom Patrol because of this TV show and, and how groundbreaking it's been for him, for that character. Um, what I'll say about Madeline, I mean, she handles the, the fictional character, and I say fictional in quotes, like, it, it has a very, uh, this episode has a very last action hero uh, concept to it. Have, have you ever seen Last Action Hero? You know what I'm talking about?
0: Uh, not since I was an adult. Okay, the Arnold Schwarzenegger movie, right?
1: Yes, yeah, so, like the kid goes into the movie of of the last action heroes. You know, Arnold Schwarzenegger plays a fictional character, and it's very much like what Casey is in this episode. What Madeline nice. Zima tries to be, Space Case from the comic book. So um, she plays a she handles this fictional character version of Space Case really really well. Um, I think it gets even better when she gets real, quote unquote, when she real when she realizes uh, who she is and what her relationship is with Tormenox. It's like she does it very well. Uh, And it's it's uh, to me, there's still a lot of flavor of of who this Casey character is personality wise, especially when she's stepping out of the the camper for the first time she's she's realizing she's hungry she has a lot of um kind of um kind of hip dialogue as this kind of character like yes she's a superhero but she's still this young person so she kind of has a cool vibe to her as well as i'm a i'm a poster superhero so yeah. when she has that going for her and she also starts to become a real character in the real world. It, to me, poten- potentially I'm like, this is great casting. Cause I can see Madeline, you know, um, retiring the superhero act and becoming like, I am Casey Brink from the Gerard way comic book run. And I think that may be the challenge for some people where, We're coming in going like, oh, it's Dorothy. I love this character. I know this character. With Casey Brink, a lot of people are like, oh, I know this character from the comic books, but I'm not used to the space case comic book. Yeah. I'm used to her already being where she is. Yeah. And we've never had to introduce ourselves to this character like this before. Right so I,
0: I think it's an excellent you know keeping me on my toes that's for sure yes absolutely. that is for sure
1: yeah and of course you know we have a lot of other does there's, there's so much um special uh, or guest ca- casting in, in today's episode of course we have Abby Monterey as Dorothy Spinner returning Alan Mingo Jr. as Marley Corrupt fantastic as always um even uh, Tyler Maine as Torminox and he played Ajax and Troy you remember that Professional wrestler, professional wrestler, Tyler Maine, yeah, yeah, yeah. He he's Torminox in this episode, which is that's fantastic.
0: That's I wasn't a really big uh, wrestling head, but like I'm sure that's probably you know
1: someone that's probably
0: probably yeah, that's probably excellent. You know, that's a that's hey, that's great. That's that performance for that whole world is astronomical. Yeah, asking Look, we, a we professional
1: gotta, we, wrestler to play a, a comic book character as a comic book okay, character.
0: Okay, like, okay, okay. I mean, well like, well, you can try it, but we just saw what happened, and...
1: Oh, with another professional wrestler? Yeah, we'll probably... <laughs> like, you're
0: saying, like, fresh off the wrestling mat, go jump into some spin. Well, John well, Cena does see, it. He does what, it pretty see, damn
1: well. Well, that's a good one. We can say John Cena. The other one... I... Okay. We can't say it because <laughs> we'll get... <laughs> I don't know what James why. Is gonna That's... come knocking on the door real quick and tell us not to talk about it. But so um, yes, going, John baby. Cena handles and and I, I something I want to point out is you mentioned Transformers. Did you see Bumblebee? Yeah, absolutely. Did we watch it together? Uh, no, I saw it in theaters actually. You saw it later, I think. I saw it at home. Baby. Yeah, on, on home wow, video. Comfy. Yeah. But so John Cena is a professional wrestler. In Bumblebee, yes. he plays such a comic book static villain that it's like self-aware how army man. Yeah. How, yeah. How dumb he is. And like, yeah. And how foolhardy he is. It's, it's, it's fantastic. And I, I feel like Tyler Maine does it sa- the same way with Thor Manox where it's like, you are a comic book villain from comic books. And I feel like, and I'll talk about it a little bit more, but that's, what's challenging when you're trying to be like, this is a comic book show Adapted from comic books, and in the episode is comic book characters directly coming out of a comic book. That's that's the tricky part here. But Tyler Tyler main he does play it straight. I mean, and that's what I was saying. Like as a professional wrestler, sometimes they have it easier when they're like, "No, I can accept that I'm I'm self aware of of how goofy I I I need to be for this character because that's what they do." for a career so um another shout out one is choppy Guillote. he plays uh ace of diamonds He handles that character very well as well so it's, that's a returning character uh, one of the main stays of, of danny's ends for um i guess da- danny the campground danny the the village is that what's going on here i Festival, mean danny, danny the ambulance the fest.
0: danny fest
1: D- yeah uh, I don't know. Danny, the ambulance is, is there, but then inside, Danny is... is it gets whole, bigger. Yeah, the whole camp...
0: Inside, it's bigger. Just,
1: yeah. yeah. They're Danny. Yeah. Go, Danny. It's so nice to see Danny again, too. Um, um,
0: I will say, if in keeping with the whole um, Terminox and Space Case uh, idea... I loved that it was still like a. I can see the modern Buck Rogersness out of it. And that was like my favorite thing that I was seeing from like the comic book. And it was like that wacky sci fi. I don't. What are you? What is that? So, high sci-fi.
1: Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> you know
0: what I mean. I I know um, exactly what you're saying. Because you and got high fantasy and you got sci-fi, and it's like okay, that's a Star Wars. It's like great, cool. You now might be
1: right. You might be right. And then I there's mean...
0: high sci-fi where it was like War of the Worlds and you know metal tin men robots and that whole you know spider empress queen kind of thing.
1: It's like that shit's wild you remember the voyager episode that's the spider Empress. See one. star trek now we're talking star trek and yeah. that's how i feel about the episode and i feel like maybe there might some people might be some people who who didn't love today's episode um and they they can't all be winners and 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 i know last episode you said it was kind of it felt like a filler episode this one may feel even more like a filler episode but for some people it's Get characters out. that you can, it, it's characters that I love, so I gravitate to it immediately. Um, And this is, this is pure love for the characters. And so I feel like Tom is writing from that same perspective. It's like, oh, I'm having fun with the characters of Doom Patrol. So I love it. And I, you know, it's fantastic. That's what I mean by like, when, you,
0: <laughs> that's what I mean by like, you, oh you read it too like you I, I didn't have that standing in the comic book store like getting the Doom Patrol or even when I was working in the comic book store selling the Doom Patrol I was sitting there by myself in the back behind the counter like flipping through me like damn you guys no you know hey you know my chemical romance and that whole fucking stupid selling point that whole shtick that I would have to go through just to like try to get anybody interested just for them to come come back and be like that was weird, right? Be like, yeah, you want, a, you want another one? Like, no. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, what do you mean, no?
1: Anyway, and Umbrella that's what Academy I mean by people, you way. get it. Yeah, like yeah. They, they had to be like, hey, you know, Gerard Way wrote this. The who? Uh, the guy from My Chemical Romance. Like, Oh, I'll watch it. Oh, that's so weird. That's so, that's so him. It's like, okay, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so it, it feels, it's a really short episode. This, this episode is only 40 minutes long.
0: Yeah, it's true. Um, I did enjoy, and that, I don't, since you brought up the, like, flavor of the, did you say flavor? Filler episode, you didn't say yes. Filler episode. Um, I can understand that, but I thought it was a very good break from the team-up style of how you have, not have, of how you show that, of, of a team-up version of the yeah, dynamics where you break between up them the doom patrol yeah yeah, yeah. when everybody's yeah. got their own story and stuff yeah, like that yeah, yeah, yeah. one it's a lot to to digest and stuff that's a fact it's okay it's not a bad thing it's just a lot i applaud you for being able to tell the story and with such detail and such amazing ways like that it's excellent this being the such linear storyline of just these uh you know group this singular group of characters um breath of fresh air in a, in a, in all best ways. It's just like a okay and it gives you that whole like sense of something new, you yeah. know? Um as we're recording this, it's uh it's in the holiday season, so this is like opening a gift, if you <laughs> will. Yeah. A brand new comic book. And uh, so that that's great. I really one of oh man, one of my favorite uh, Self traditions that I do on Christmas Eve:
1: um, you go to that the comic book you... store and you say, "Hey, well, you remember all the pools that I have sitting in that cabinet? I think I'll pick them no. up That's now." Like, <laughs> hell no! Hell no!
0: I cleared that shit out before I left.
1: Um, <laughs> no, well, yeah,
0: I used to actually go to a mall on Christmas Eve. I fucking <clears> love going <throat> to the malls in yeah. this this climate. It's oh a god! Pleasure. Oh my god! It's a I love pleasure. it. It really is. That's what, I mean, it goes back to just watching people at Disney and stuff like that. Anyway, so, like, I would go to a comic book store. I would get, because uh, the malls were open late on Christmas Eve. I worked in a mall, I understand. I would go into a comic book store. and Get a new service. comic. Yeah. Get a new comic, and I would go back at home, and I would get fucking stoned out of my mind <laughs> and just sit in my bed or sit, like, in, in the backyard with, like, just a nice cool breeze and a nice cool mm-hmm. air or whatever and just hang out and read comic books until late at night you know by myself unbothered and i wake up next morning it's christmas and it's like hey this is this is not bad um but yeah a, a comic book on christmas eve was usually something that i tried to keep constant for myself
1: uh you know we we, we yeah, treat ourselves nice sometimes right yeah absolutely absolutely um now in the end of of, of this episode it is revealed that this sp- kind of isolated episode is a jumping off point um, for, for, you know, some of our favorite characters here. But it, in isolation, it does feel akin to uh, a, a Star Trek episode, right? Where where the budget or, may not... Or a Buck Rogers episode. A Buck <laughs> Rogers, yes. That, yes, yeah. of course. But, it, it, you know, one of those filler Star Trek episodes that the story is isolated, the budget doesn't seem optimal, right? Like, it, it, it seems like Kind of a tighter production, <laughs> the stakes. <laughs> yeah, like a season two rando thing of of next generation,
0: where it's just like the backlot and the entire background sky is just one big blue. It's like, wait, you're what is you're on a planet or? Yeah, yeah I get what you mean.
1: Yes, you're just in a rock quarry, right? <laughs> you could only afford foliage. Okay, got yeah. it. <laughs> so you know the stakes don't seem as high because it is kind of. Uh, Confusing in this episode, like what what are they after? What is Tormundox after? Uh, does he yeah. want Danny? Does he want you know? Later, it's revealed that he wants the necklace that Dorothy had had reobtained uh, from her father. So, it's the stakes are questionable, and yet at the very end of it, it still it still has this uh, personal level to it that I feel like fans of the show may still find a, a personal love for this episode i know i do because i i like seeing dorothy i love seeing the way that dorothy grows up as a character it's to me the part i love the most about it is is seeing dorothy grow up you know from season two to her her brief appearance in season three and now in season four it's like you're growing up you really are growing up and it's gonna suck it's gonna be awful. But that's the beauty of Doom Patrol. It's the beauty of what Rachel Pollack wrote when she took over Doom Patrol from Graham Morrison. It's it's that growing up that I'm glad this episode exists because that's what I want Dorothy to do. I always wanted her to stay with the Doom Patrol. I feel like this handles that progression very well where it's saying, like, yes, we know she's part of Doom Patrol in an umbrella, but do we really want to just stick her in one of the many rooms of that manor, or yeah. do we make her progress back into the company of Doom Patrol? Does she really have to physically be at that manor to be part of the Doom Patrol? So she's having her Doom Patrol episodes, her, her Doom Patrol story is happening, and this episode is that. And so it's a fantastic way to see the character. And even in the Rachel Pollock run, she was kind of on her own because the Doom Patrol was, was basically destroyed by Candlemaker. So yeah. it's... it's um, and she's got the same like tweed jacket, right? Yeah, yeah. She's very much like starting to look like <laughs> the grown up. Uh, but stylish. A whole hell of a lot stylish in this one. Yeah, she's, uh, she's looking I'm sorry fantastic. if it's not
0: tweed. I don't, I'm don't. i not good with fabric. Did it look tweed or something? I don't know. It's,
1: uh, now that you mentioned it, I can't think of it, uh, uh, I can't. No, nope. I'm going to walk away from that one. I know the material. I just, I forget the word for it because um, I have- It's like, not burlap. No, I have the same type of jacket. It's in my closet. I can't, I don't want to say corduroy, but it's- It's not corduroy. Yeah, it's similar. I know corduroy. Did you
0: ever read Corduroy Bear? Do you know what that is? I don't know what that is. It's a white kid thing. <laughs>
1: it's okay. You don't have to call it that. <laughs> I'm All sure. Right. I'm sure other people enjoy it. Um, but yes, it's. Um, it, I, I think this this type of concept. I think the type of concept of this last action hero. You know, your space case comic book character coming into a show that's based on comic book characters, I feel like it is a a hard concept to nail down because on one hand, you're doing a mockery of a comic book character, right? You have Space Case, which is a fictional character. On the other hand, you are adapting comic book characters. We have Dorothy Spinner, who is a, a, a real person to be taken seriously and not, a comic book character taken from, from Grant Morrison's comic book. We try to adapt that and, and kind of make it believable. So it's a little bit challenging for viewers. Be, I feel like it's a little challenging for viewers because this concept can be confusing. Um, every person in this episode is doing an extravagant performance, whether it's Marley Corrupt or Space Case or Dorothy Spinner. You know, it's it's... I'm asking myself to think differently about one half of the cast being like Space Case and Torminox, uh, to consider them like, oh, these are static comic book characters. But then take Dorothy and Marley Corrupt as dynamic, real characters. That's the part that's hard when I think about how it translates. Like, I'm asking myself, how should I connect with Space Case and Torminox? Am I relating to them? on their comic book origins and how they are, like, related and they're struggling to um, reconcile their relationship or, or, you know, you know, that origin. And then there's also, like, oh, wait, you're a real person now? Like, Casey Brink separated from Space Case? Like, how do I... Well, that that, that was...
0: I think the... um, Hmm... So, the whole... Oh man, how do I... How do you... Oh fuck me in metaphysics. So like Batman, right? This is just work with me. I here. know him, Batman. <laughs> you heard about this guy? Yeah, I see the movie. Real nut. Yeah, um, real, real crazy. The whole
1: wears a mask and behind the mask, and you know the hero. That's a great really, character. But that, that, if you could reinvent Batman. As a as a person who lives in Doom Manor, it's like, oh, that's a crazy bat guy. He's he sits uh, in his well,
0: room. yeah, yeah. I mean, that's that right, right itself. It's been it's been right in itself for eighty years. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just change the tone. <laughs> <laughs> Obi Wan Kenobi, that shit. From a certain point of view, this dude's a wacko. Yeah. Um. Anyway, so like the whole like uh, hero behind the mask, Casey Brink versus Space Case. This character was. Pulled from the comic book into the real world. The Mm -hmm. real world being the Doom Patrol world. We're in their universe now. Casey Brink is the alter ego of Space Case. But since the book is about Space Case and her heroics and everything and that whole shtick, I think it's a learning process. It's like, it's like Mannequin. Is that the right one? Or what's the one with, uh, um, oh God, life size. Did you see that? Yes. Okay, so I think it's kind of like, I think, now if I'm wrong, please yell at me. But I think it's kind of following those kind of rules where like pseudo inanimate object gets sentience, but it's comic book character. That comic book character, no, nothing deeper than that. Uh, so like mask, mask comes to life, and then that mask does have layers, but that pulled from thing doesn't know that yet because now it's just like I was just comic book character in real life, I was just mannequin now in real life, but like you have layers to it. Barbie had a whole history behind her, you were an astronaut, you were, you know queen of everything yada 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 it's like
1: you were president space case
0: (laughs) yeah space case is here uh and casey brink was the layered so like now you as the the mannequin now have to like learn the layer and that's the uh, the beautiful growth process that we go through with these characters in the show Isn't it wild? Isn't it insane to see that every single character in this show has growth as if it's like something that's supposed to happen in (laughs) storytelling, right? Yes. It's like, it's a beautiful thing. So when you were saying Dorothy, uh, now I'm backtracking, Dorothy staying at Doom Manor and stuff like that, there would be no room for her to mature. There would be no growth behind it because it would just be static in in the manor playing the character of Dorothy in the manor with the Doom Patrol. Yes. Static. Dorothy has to go out and have the adventure. Space Case, AKA Casey Brink has to go out now and have the adventure. Yeah. You have all the other like father, daughter and, and insight that a comic book can give you and you know, hey, maybe they gotta go find another another, you know, another comic book and it will give you more insight to your background and stuff like that. Unlocking these memories that uh, Casey was starting to have.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Taking them out of their comfort zone. And, and I like, you know, you used the phrase, the beautiful growth of these characters. Um, mm-hmm. I have it here, you know, today's, today's episode, I wrote it down as uh, that t- today's episode starts with a beautiful lie. Now, where have you heard that before, Nathan? One of the, on one of,
0: in one of the greatest pieces of film works that there is that exists. Uh, Yeah.
1: It's 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 amazing. In one of my favorite movies. I, I love I love that as a concept and I, I love that as a starting point when you're not lying to the viewers as much as you are lying to yourself as the character. And that's the growth that you have to get through is that you are lying to yourself and so Dorothy is is telling this story in the beginning about how she got this necklace, and her and Candlemaker kicked ass and beat up a whole bunch of people, and yeah. robbed a museum of some sort in the mountains. And yeah, right. <laughs> it's, it, it's so Great. it's so odd. And then and at first I was like, okay, whatever. I guess they did. That's cool. Dorothy yeah. already is who she, you know who she is. And then it just doesn't add up at the end. And you're like, oh yes, because she's lying. She's storytelling. She's storytelling. She's fibbing. Yeah. She's lying. She's not there yet. She's pretending that she is. And that's a lie to herself. And so it's a it's the it's the big, beautiful lie that characters say. And it it's such a great way to start because, like you said, it, it space case is also the lie that mm-hmm. Casey Brink is telling herself. And she doesn't realize yeah. it until she's in the real world where she has to face things like mortality to, yeah. to come to terms with you've been lying to yourself. You know, your character may be fictional in the comic book sense, but you're also being fictional with yourself. And Dorothy is being fictional with herself so it's it is multi-layered it is challenge challenging to relate to those characters because they are putting up these walls of i'm a steak fat uh, steak st- i'm a fake static comic book character and then in reality it's like oh no i do have vulnerable vulnerability and it's hard for me to talk about it and when they do that's when you're like there's the character there is the real character that i that i'm falling in love with and 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 cheering and supporting to to get where you need to because there i relate you know we put up walls all the time of who we are we create fake personas crazy jane is another great parallel i'm sure some people have a fake persona that that protects them by being a different person in in, in the face of others and telling stories that aren't true um so there's a lot in parallel between uh, Casey and Dorothy. Aside from just the parallels of of, of hating your father, apparently, so right. <laughs> that's a, that. That's a big one,
0: though. Yeah, it's
1: a huge. It's a huge. Uh, it's a driving force of, of today's episode. It's This um, love hate relationship in this life and in both life and death. That you know, um, one of the um one of the things that
0: Morally corrupt said to Dorothy was um. I want you to stop reading about other people's adventures and go have some of your own and spoke volumes, huh? I had to pause <laughs> that like I don't know that sounds like like if someone if you dude if you even like if you read that you'd just be like. Oh, that's cool. That's really cool advice. Someone said that to you. And if it was someone that like mattered or whatever, like I feel like that would be really heavy or you would at least remember that, right? I don't think that phrase was ever like uttered to me. And I really wished that it kind of was when I was younger kind of thing. But hearing it from a character from a television program that I very much enjoy watching and have excellent you know feelings towards and everything um it yeah it spoke volumes it that shit hit that was the line that like really hit for me when it was like now we're coming into the the bigger picture like that is the that's the advice you are supposed to tell somebody kind of made me want to pick up the phone and I like tell call my mom and be like this is what you're supposed to say so I'm gonna <laughs> hang up now and you call me back and say it to me and I'm gonna say thanks mom I fucking love you I'm gonna hang up now and go to bed
1: that was that's what I wanted to do yeah um, absolutely it was incredible it really was again that's what stories should do stories should s- give those messages to you people to people when they when they when they consume stories, the 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 educational part of it should be messages like that. And I I thought the same thing when I heard that. It I felt like something that's always been in my brain subconsciously. Like I say to myself all the time, like I need to start having my own adventures. And even even here on on Doom Patrol Radio, talking about Doom Patrol all the time is not a story that that we create. It's not it's someone else's work that Mm -hmm these people go and they they work hard to to write episodes like this or they write the comic books and we don't have any ownership to the creation of these stories. <laughs> Nothing stores. to do with it. Nothing to do with it. And I love talking about it, but there's that thing in the back of my head that's always like I need to go create my own. Yeah. And and do Stop that. talking and
0: doing that kind of shit is like yeah. what's in the back of my head. Not like and empowering stop reading about someone else's adventures and go have some of your own because that hits a lot differently than just like get up off your ass you know you you're you're better than this kind of bullshit like that mm-hmm. where it's like damn it's still stern and it's like you can tell that it comes from a <laughs> a caring way a, a caring place yes. and it's like yeah that in support that's what
1: of your growth yeah
0: really it really is that's really what the growth is about it's,
1: yeah, yeah, absolutely, and and you know the 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 other takeaway for this episode could be uh, you you hear this advice and maybe this is the wrong advice people get is fake it till you make it is a is a common that is the advice that I got that's advice people <laughs> get all the time oh fake it till you make it and you know what in instant gratification it works it gets yes. you there because you build fake personas you lie to yourself you create this beautiful lie that you tell others your your persona's changed in front of people and yes it works but i feel like one of the messages of this episode is that you know if you ignore it for so long it festers it gets worse and worse and then when you when it's time to reveal how you truly feel it it explodes, and you realize, you know, you hate someone so much, you love them at the same time, and it's these extremities that push and pull your heartstrings on the inside, and you can't talk about who you are, you can't be who you are. Um, These lies that we tell ourselves, they they grow, and they get worse and worse, and because we're just faking it till we make it to the next day, and then we're lying about how we're making it, and, you know, are we really making it? So it's just this constant conflict within ourselves and we try to pretend it's all fine and that there's no cracks in our walls and uh it's it's leaking pretty bad. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it, it's stuff like that. It it morally corrupt really tries to be um a great support for not just Dorothy, but everyone in in um Danny fest I like that I'm gonna go with that and uh Danny as well um Danny's trying to help as well um Danny takes a bit of a back seat in this episode um which is fine it's but it's it's Danny can't do everything as as they as they reveal at the end of the episode and, and Danny shouldn't do everything for for the Danny's ends Danny is a, is a is a place for them to to heal their wounds um, and and it won't heal completely, but it's 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 a nurturing place for your friends and family, and and you can only do so much. But then it is up to them to to come to terms with and be honest with themselves for in order for them to truly truly progress. Um, right. One thing I, I will say about Danny uh, on a cinematic level and production level is uh I kind of miss. How Danny talks, communicates with characters in the show. Um, it seems like Danny now... we got a whole different bunch of them, though, in this one. It It seems like text just changes on... Signage like, like like visual effects, like the yeah, it's like the same thing, it just like pops in new text, right? And it pops. You
0: want in. things like smoke, you want like I want like Subway the license steam.
1: plate to say a different message, and then you look at I don't know, the nutrition label on a, on a cereal box, and there's a different message. Like, I don't want so much CGI popping of changing text, I'd rather the you text, want the eye movement. Yeah, I want the tech. May- you could still have maybe the audio cues to like, hey, look here. And the character's going to look there and look there. But yeah, the, I remember in what well, happens in the comic books, right? Like he's wa- someone will be walking down the street. Yeah. And you'll see um, there's the banner. The street signs will say a different text. Like again, license plate might have a message and it's like an anagram or acronyms because it's um, hyphenated. And in the first episode, Danny Patrol, I, I think I remember like the banners would come down it would say one message, the um, promotional window, window shopping, it would have a different message. And, you know, Danny was communicating in these kind of printed ways where mm. I feel like in, in this episode is more so like we're going to have just a sign and we'll change the text. It'll just like pop in, pop out and. Um, it worked in season one, of Doom Patrol, because they had the marquee of the theater, which could digitally change text, so it was easy for Danny to change and, and keep the focal point of the camera. So it was smart in that regard.
0: But I feel like, but you didn't like the people passing, that like changed. Yeah, I I know what you mean by like the transition. It was a, I I don't want to call it a static transition because that sounds stupid, but um.
1: Yeah, I get what you mean. Yeah, I just think like I understand it can be smarter, and I f- I feel like it's digressed in that capacity where it's like, oh, how does Danny communicate? It's like, oh, well, this text shows up here on the same object, and we just changed the text, and it's like I, I we used to be a little bit more creative with with how Danny spoke, so um, that would that was like my only thing where I was kind of like, oh, it would have been cool to see, you know. Do do little signages everywhere and change how that looks. But, um, I, I I I was thinking about this as well. For such a small forty minute episode, it's a it's a big team of characters. I mean, Doom Patrol. When you talk about Negative Man, Robot Man, Crazy Jane, Rita Farr, Cyborg, that's like five characters. Um, Madame Rouge, six. This six. one has a handful of characters as well. When you think Danny, you think marley you think dorothy now casey like that's four big characters in a comic book and even in in any doom patrol comic book you've never seen this ensemble of doom patrol characters before like you take away the main doom patrol and you have these other characters this is a team now danny Mm -hmm. marley dorothy casey that's that's an all-star doom patrol you could write a whole comic book run of doom patrol and use those characters instead. And, 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 you know, if you ever wanted to retire robot man and negative man, you'd be like, Oh, I can't, I can't think of new stories with those characters. This is a whole other handful of, of doom patrol members that you could roll with. Um, and, and, and the combinations of their abilities, especially with Danny, whatever iteration of Danny you want to do. Even if you went back to Danny, the street or Danny, the ambulance, and then the imaginative abilities of Dorothy and Casey Brink being this comic book character pulled out of it. Um, I don't know if you want to have the same origin where or Danny is the creator of, of Casey Brink or the, or the reason she exists in, in the real world. Um, and then of course Marley corrupt has her own kick-ass abilities and 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 who she is. So it, it it's that regard. It's like this is a. F- a great ensemble of characters. You could do so much. There's so much possibilities that you could do with these characters. That I was thinking like this is still a big team here. Even though this episode doesn't feel attached to the main Doom Patrol, like it is a Doom Patrol ensemble. It's just like um I don't want to say B team, but it's like just a whole other ensemble that they could they could roll with.
0: Yeah. I get what you mean. Kind of like when they did Justice League Unlimited and Green Arrow and... Justice League Unlimited. Yes. (laughs) Now they're pulling shifts again.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Instead of the Watchtower, it's just... It's Danny the Watchtower. That'd be something else. else.
0: (laughs) Don't give him any ideas.
1: Danny the Space Station. Space Station. With Space Case. Hold on. Write this down. (laughs) Uh, okay. Yeah. So, um, yeah, the end of the episode. So, t- I was thinking if this is if this was going to happen, and it does, uh, where this talisman of immortality that was keeping Niles Calder alive would be something into, that yeah. Project Immortus would require, and so at the end of the episode, I was wondering if Torminox would fall into this immortus league and he does he does it, it is revealed that um torminox is going to continue being a character in this story for um immortus and then we also see temeka seretti reprise her role as dr janice from last week's episode and so she um returns the talisman of emotions and. We talked a little about uh, uh, we hinted at this last week, but it maybe suggested that these are parts of the human soul that would come in, like oh, you need like emotions, and you need like living tissue or something, like yeah. these parts that create sacrificial gen- shit. You know? Yeah, they're, they're um canopic jars for general oh, Im- immortals. Yeah, right. Yeah. So I feel like they're building General Immortus. and <laughs> He's a build a figure. Yeah, you. he's a build a figure. It's exactly what it is. You got to watch each episode. You get a piece of General Immortus. At the end of it, you get to build him all up. He's a big figure. He's taller than the other ones. Um, Damn. I'm, a, I'm a huge sucker for those things.
0: I, you, you're the only person I have ever met that, like, has, honestly, that has really, like, expressed... In, that I love sending you pictures of them because they were always a fucking joke when we Ow. had to order them. It's bullshit. It's just bullshit. It's bullshit. Because a lot of times that Build-A-Figure was either like something that you couldn't fucking replicate because the mold was different or it d- had different art points of articulation or it just didn't have any fucking articulation at all or whatever. Or it was massive, you know? And it was like, oh my god, this is like a... Like you shouldn't be selling that as the build-a-figure. That would sell insanely more as the regular twenty-four ninety-nine or even forty-four ninety-nine big figure that it would sell as, and people would buy that. And anyway, it was just different. It was just different. The build-a-figures were always just a very funny thing, and I love that you really like because it's always it's like a surprise. It's like who could I? Be? <laughs> What's going to be the the piece that I'm going to get to require to build fucking Batman on his Dark Knight horse? Like, Jesus Christ, right? Who's asking for that? One. I mean, there was one, I think, that had like a, that the the Lex Luthor power suit was a build a figure. That was cool as hell. That was like, oh, damn, I think you're getting it now. And then they kind of backtracked.
1: There was one for... These just like icons. I feel like maybe because to me, whenever I see what the big figure is, I'm like, oh, that's cool. I want that. And so I guess I'm a sucker in that regard. It's like, oh, I want to build that because I think... um, And they do it all the time. They even do it with the movies because I think when Wonder Woman came out in 2017, it was like each character built Aries in like the concept yeah. art Aries where he had like the cow yeah. skull and it's like oh that's cool there was a I saw um at books a million it was the Dark Knights metal series and they had like dark they had metal Wonder Woman uh mm-hmm. and it built like the Ice King villain that they were fighting and that character was huge and um Marvel's Eternals they were doing the same thing we buy each each yep. god and it, it builds the villain or whatever. You know, stuff like that. It's like that's cool to me because you It's great. You set up your Justice League and then you get the big figure. You know, you buy each Justice League member, you get Dark Side or you get Steppenwolf and stuff like that. It's like that's awesome. Uh, that's cool.
0: They did they had a huge the first like new fifty-two swamp thing that they came out with, because they came out with a smaller one, but they came out with mm. one where he had the huge wings on it and it was like damn that's cool and it was just this bit anyway action figures
1: it's yeah i'm talking about the toys now so yeah yeah. and there's one other surprise character for this episode at the very end uh i before we get to that character i need to know who drew the illustrations for today's episode because i was looking in the in the credits yeah i didn't see it but when I was watching the episode and I saw the storyboards, the the, the cells of the, the, comic the comic panels, I was like, "Yeah, who did this? Who, who's doing who that? Who did they ask?
0: Because um, who's the who's the, who does the run? Uh, Daring Darrington, Nick Darrington, I believe, mm-hmm. Daring, some with a D. Um, and it's very similar, and that's really cool. That it's like, oh yeah, you made it kind of look like that that run. That's that's really cool. This uh, that newer, you know, that rebirth run and everything." Yeah, young young animal, young animal is what the umbrella was. Yeah, I DC's Um, young young animals. Uh, Oh, uh, uh, sorry, that I'm still on the young animal thing. There was a play to uh, the food that they give Casey is a gyro. Yes, Um, that's was like the promotional shtick for Doom Patrol number one from the young animal thing. And Buddy, I got that gyro sticker on my longboard. I still, I think I still have another one. And I think I have. So the like sticker came in the book that you like had to get right, and I'm pretty sure I still have for that number one every single variant copy of it. So like I have really, yeah, a bunch of them. No one else was buying know. it, so. Uh, well, I was. It was I. <laughs> This is what Nathan did when Nathan worked at a comic book store. Nathan really enjoyed collecting weekly comics. Nathan really enjoyed collecting particular variant issue comics from particular artists and stuff. But the key with ordering variant comics is that you have to order a certain amount of the regular one to get the variant. And there's multiple variants. And the numbers that you're supposed to be ordering for these to get the variants are Astronomical. No one can ever sell them. You literally can't. It's 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 impossible to sell that shit. It's wild. Like unless you're an online sale or something like that. I don't even know. Um. So Nathan Wood put down that I wanted the variant and try to try my very best to fudge numbers in a way that it would make it look like I was either ordering that whole lot or ordering enough to get a variant and then specifically saying this variant should be coming with this one and yada 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 and be on the phone with reps and stuff like that. So no, I was getting them specifically for me (laughs) i was ordering doom patrol for nathan what was going on the shelf was just like yeah put a couple copies up maybe someone's gonna walk in and grab it but like no i knew that nathan wanted like at least three issues of the regular one to open and read one to keep sealed and one to keep sealed and possibly sell as a number
1: one for later date. (laughs) (laughs) Nathan was playing the the old man who plays chess with himself in the Pixar It was the triples. I would like a comic book. Oh, that's fantastic. Let me go bring that up for you, sir.
0: Yeah, triples triples are good. Triples are best. Um, So yeah, so I I have a good amount of these variant comics and issues and stuff. But anyway, the gyro sticker, Um, really cool promotional thing. Uh, The Fly also played along into it as well. Um, Mm Mm-hmm. And I don't know, it was just a cool little cool little hat tip. Yeah. I uh, just kinda wanted to say that so people know I noticed and paid attention.
1: Yes, of course, of course. The the Euro is a big icon for Gerard Way's Doom Patrol. And it you know, it it does play into the story in Gerard Way's Doom Patrol, it does play in a little bit. So it was a really cool little uh reference there of of Casey munching on that Euro. Uh and that Euro looked pretty good. So now I'm hungry as well. Um the there's a surprise character I'm surprised surprise character that I'm surprised was not revealed in the episode because it to me it seemed obvious, but um is is this character not Wally Sage that we saw in in last season? Labeled as a as a weapon by Madame Rouge. Do you remember you remember this episode?
0: I don't remember but so Wally, maybe you're right so that kind of sounds so what's what's
1: wally sage do wally sage has this uh, meta human ability to to bring comic or whatever he draws to life right so if he draws a bird the bird comes to life and madame rouge deemed him a weapon madame rouge seems to have a gift for finding out who in who is not a weapon in reality um and so Wally Sage is actually the creator of Flex Mentallo, right? So Wally Sage yes. drew Flex Mentallo, okay. the comic books, the the so, yeah, Mentallo's serial was drawn by him, which I guess if you watch season uh 1 or no, if you watch season if you watch episode 2 of season 4 again, you see the Mentalo serial. I guess you could have seen that as like a a forewarning of hey, that character the For person sure. who drew flex mentalo yeah. is actually going to be in this season. And so at the end you see a person who's drawing these comic book characters. It's a person who who writes um uh space case. And there was something I was I was wondering if they were going to reveal in the episode when they were like, "Oh, I'd like to know who's writing my stories." I was imagining they were going to bring a comic book and be like who's Wallace Sage or who or Wally Sage and 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 show on the cover it's like oh written by this person then cut to the uh, the league of doom or you know and, and the newest brotherhood of evil and and show like oh Wallace Sage is here writing things okay. out tormenox shows up and says i got that good memory got that thing you wanted and then it's revealed, like, oh shit, Wally Sage is going to take these canopic jars of of life essence, draw General Immortus, do an alchemy circle. They philosopher yeah, stone this shit, yeah. yeah.
0: Okay. And then yeah. before, no, I think I I think you're on to something. I um. D- that complete blindsided by that. Uh, that's news to me. You you telling me this right now? I uh, wasn't even. Th-
1: I don't know why. I just. I stay in the moment, you know. <laughs> well, I didn't think. I I didn't think the character was going to come back until I saw him. Uh, saw him drawing. That I went. Oh, you're that guy. You're the one. I don't even from- remember the drawing, man. Honestly, that
0: for some reason I really don't know why. I think the whole Malcolm stuff was like taking a harder hit with me during that whole sisterhood of dada mess
1: yeah I, I think it was at the time we all thought like oh it's just like a easter egg like oh that's that guy would would go on to create flexman
0: no but this is a normal thing in doom patrol as well Where are just like on a page in one of the first issues of whatever run you're going to get some random drawing of something that's usually a foreshadow of whatever's going to happen in that story, you know? That's a very common thing.
1: Yeah, I think even um, uh, Dorothy Spinner was like that in Paul Kupperberg's run, where Dorothy was just a background character, and then Grant Morrison, as Grant Morrison does, is just like, hey, that character? Weird as fuck. Let's bring her in. And mm-hmm. we're gonna do weird-ass shit, and then make this great character out of her. And then Rachel Pollack developed a character even further and um, made her who she is today. As we see in this TV show, it feels more we give, at least for me, I give more thanks to Rachel Pollack because the way I see Dorothy in this episode, I go, Oh, you are adapted from her comics because of, of, of the, the, the the history of the, of the character, the publication history. So it's, that kind of developmental process, but Wally Sage is—I is, don't really know if Wally Sage is mentioned much at all in in publication history, um, besides being like, oh, you know, you were like someone who could create those uh, Flex Mentallo, and I've—I've I've never read the Mentallo um, spinoff. No, I, I didn't. Richard I Case. It was drew always a, as yeah. well, right? Or Grant? Yeah. I don't know if Grant Morrison wrote it. I know Richard Case also drew it. If that's correct, I, I don't. Couldn't tell you, but yeah, Wally Sage is creator of Flex Mentallo. and and this in this universe also the creator of Space Case. So um, fingers crossed. Hey, maybe Flexmentalo come back, and then we got an even greater secondary team for for Doom Patrol, and you have Marley, Dorothy, Flexmentalo, Space Case, um, and Danny. So heavy hitters. Yeah, all of them. It's fantastic. I'm telling you, someone, someone at DC, please just write a new Doom Patrol story that just features these characters and, and do the same thing Grant Morrison, Rachel Pollack, and Gerard Way would have done, but just use new characters and really retire Negative Man and and stuff. Or, or, or bring back Rita Farr. I feel like she's due for, <laughs> for an update. Especially, well, this show does it. This show is like... Rita Far is a great character in this show. Very well handled. Um, That's all I have for this one, Nathan. Anything left on your end? I don't
0: think so. Um, I'm excited to see where this is going to take us. Um, The Dorothy uh, storyline is something that's really cool that still kind of keeps us grounded to Niles. uh, And the whole idea of the whole quest for immortality or whatever the hell the reason why Doom Patrol is here and, and why they are there and yeah. You know, kinda of just it's it's more of it's like you call it lore. It's like great lore yeah. that we're just gonna keep on looking into. Um, it keeps the fire yeah, no, burning uh,
1: of toxic masculinity, toxic patriarch kind of like dads keep messing shit up. Like every character, whether it's Robot Man, Crazy Jane, Dorothy, now it's Calder. It's just like you guys. Even even in death, you guys keep ruining our lives, and we have to pick up the pieces. So uh, they keep they keep that well lit. So I I agree. I, I I look forward to a lot with with Dorothy Spinner, and I'm glad to see her return once again. And welcome Casey Brink. It's very nice to see Casey as part of the Doom Patrol. She's here in television now. It's finally happened. So yeah that's incredible it's fantastic
0: that's quick but that's incredible yeah like what (laughs)
1: uh four years ago we would have been like oh i wonder if Casey they'll ever bring casey brink into the tv show well now casey brink is in doom patrol so it's quite a lot to celebrate at least with us so that's all we had it for for today's episode if you guys enjoyed everything you heard you can find us on social media at radio doom patrol on twitter um uh, i think i said that right Patrol Radio? Yeah, Radio Doom Patrol. And um, we're also part of the Dueling Genre Network, so if you want to support us, the best way, honestly, it's free. Just go on wherever you listen to podcasts and, you know, positive review. Let us know how we're doing. Let us know if you love the show. It really helps us out, and it helps other people find out about our show. So definitely um, try to leave a positive review if you wouldn't mind. <laughs> and, uh, you know, we have... <clears throat> If you want, you can always hit us up on Twitter or even on the Dueling Genre uh, Discord. And just so you can find us there and talk to us directly. And we even sell merchandise, so stickers and stuff about the the Doom Patrol Radio artwork. It really helps us um, support the show. And so from the bottom of my heart, thank you for listening. And without further ado, DJ, please don't mess this up. Take it away.
0: Are certain words creeping into your conversations? Words like and liquor? Well, if so, my friends, you're in the right place. So we'll catch you next time here on DOOM with a capital D and that rhymes with P and that stands for pool. I, I, I mean, patrol radio.